0: Welcome to the DC3Cast. This is a podcast about all things DC Comics. Uh, My name is Brian, I'm here with my friends Zach and Vince, and we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff related to DC this week. Just in case, for some reason, you haven't been listening to our sister podcast, we've been doing a weekly podcast about Batman and Robin Eternal. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. It's short, it's been uh, under 20 minutes or so each week, so it's a nice, like, you know, doing the dishes or running on a treadmill or whatever, driving to work. It's a nice little bit of time to talk about that comic so check it out if you haven't but this is just about sort of the greater dc universe
1: so when you when you call it our sister podcast mm -hmm. and
0: the fact that it's us doing it it
1: makes me like imagine that we're like like dressing up as like like, female versions female (laughs) versions of ourselves so that's that's the you know sure yeah yeah that's we're the, all like
0: we're all talking on clear phones. Yeah, like from uh, in our bedrooms with a split screen. Yeah. Like the I have a hamburger signal. phone. Oh,
2: okay. it's the, it's like, the like ultimate Juno. gender Earth version. Yeah. Yeah. I, of...
0: Vince, there is no way you wouldn't be talking to us on a Sports Illustrated football phone. <laughs> <laughs> Come on,
2: uh, yeah, that's true. Be real.
0: Okay, so uh, Zach had texted us earlier this week with um, a link to an article. It was an interview with Dan Gideon and Jim Lee about. Uh, sort of the current goings-on in DC Comics, but specifically the DCU, Y-O-U, movement that launched in June. Uh, Zach, can you just kind of summarize for us that article?
1: Yeah, so it was over at I-Z, I, no, ICV2.com. Mm-hmm. Um, they interviewed Jim Lee and Dan DiDio at New York Comic-Con, and I guess you can kind of sum up at least the relevant part of the article with this quote. Um, Lee talking about um talking about the dcu um he said let's see talking about um diversifying the line he says i think one of the missteps if i can call it a misstep in launching that talking about dcu is that we Lost sight of our core audience. There's still a very large audience of readers that want continuity driven action adventure stories featuring the classic look and feel of the superheroes. Not everything has to feel more indie or different. Um, so, you know, in the past few weeks, we've kind of, or the past few months, we've kind of been talking about how DCU hasn't been doing, or apparently hasn't been doing as well um, sales wise. Obviously, we don't see digital numbers, but print numbers aren't looking that great and you know this is kind of the first time i think anyone at dc has kind of said anything acknowledging yeah, i want to say DC... it was
0: at san diego that the said like whoa we're not pulling the plug on this we're we're committed to this and yeah now, a couple months later it's all, all of a sudden it's a little bit less uh committed to this right so i guess the first question is do you guys agree with jim lee <sighs> sort of. I'm going to come out into this. So, you know, the three of us have, have taken to a group text to talk about some of this stuff over the last few weeks. And one of the things that I've come to the conclusion of is that all of us really were rooting for this to work. And I think. That to varying degrees, we've all come to the conclusion that it didn't work the way we hoped it would. It doesn't mean there aren't good things from it. It doesn't mean that there aren't things that we think could work if given enough time. But I think I speak for all three of us when I say we expected the tone of DC, both in the books and publicly talking about the books, to be more positive Four or five months into this, would you guys agree mm-hmm. with that yeah, yeah um Vince, what about you do you agree with with Lee
2: well it it it's it's tough because I don't want to agree with, it. <laughs> but the, the he's he's absolutely right when he says that that not everything has to feel indie or different, and that just making an quote-unquote, indie-style superhero book doesn't necessarily satisfy the criteria, you know? Right. It's not necessarily going to translate to sales. You know, Bat- Batgirl was huge, okay? But that's a book that had a fresh style and a fresh characterization and a new direction, and it was really good, and it told a great story every issue. Um, I'll even I'll even jump
0: in here for a second. That yeah, book was a hit before it even came out. Sure, because sure. they designed a Tumblr-friendly version of Batgirl. Like that okay, was but, that was everywhere before it it started. But it was organic. It yes. wasn't a calculated movement. Right. I mean, I'm sure it was a little bit, but it wasn't as calculated as Black Canary, which is Batgirl as Black Canary. Yeah, no.
2: you're right, Brian. But I don't think that that supports. I think that's actually antithetical to Lee's point then because that is saying that the story didn't matter then, you know, like, like, okay. Yeah. It was, it was organic, but, but, but until we read black Canary, how did we know that that wasn't organic? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, and based on one image of Batgirl or a couple images of Batgirl in her new costume, taking a selfie, like, yes, that started a movement before the book ever came out, but Lee's point is that if fans don't find the book itself to be good, they're not going to return, you know. He's saying people that like these kind of books are just as d- discerning as any other fan. So, like, once they get the book in their hands, if it's not satisfying Is that them, what he's saying? That's how I interpreted it. Yeah
1: well he does he goes on to say basically he talks about how like throwing on, throwing like throwing out books with this aesthetic don't guarantee um that you'll you know hit that quote unquote new emerging audience you know and and i think there's something maybe to be said about how dcu is kind of been, it's made up a lot of like books that are manufactured indie. If that may, you know like yes, it's it's not organic like right. Batgirl was, See? and I think that's what you're trying to get at with Black Canary. Like Black Canary was a manufactured response to the positive buzz that Batgirl got.
0: Right. Now the reason I was challenging on that Vince is I don't think Jim Lee has, I don't think the word quality was anywhere in Lee's mind
2: with that conversation.
0: I think his conversation is totally about
2: sales. Mm. Well, he says it has to be good on top of being all these other things like diverse, inclusive and independent feeling.
0: Right, but I don't think he means good. I I, I still think that if this had so if they had sold well, this would never be a conversation.
2: Yeah. Well, sure, but that goes for anything. That's, that's true. I okay, think that's fair. That's fair. If 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 shit flavored lollipops sold <laughs> well, they Yeah, they you know. they
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But yeah, he does.
1: Yeah, you're right, Vince. He does say that you know, like quality is important over all of those things.
2: He he's saying that that's why people buy, like, that's why people buy the book ultimately. Mm -hmm. And and I think I don't know where you guys are going to take this conversation, but something I would like to talk about is how you know books that looked good on paper. Some of them turned out, and some of them didn't, and it was simply a quality of storytelling thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, and I don't know if I can discern, like I don't know if if Black Canary's not great because it feels manufactured, or if it's just because it's not going anywhere. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And yeah. I mean,
1: maybe maybe those things are tied together. You know? maybe they are.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Vince brought up an amazing point in our text conversation. Can you just can you reiterate for our listeners the Kamala Khan thing?
2: Sure. So so um what 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 I hoped we were going to be getting. Let's let's use um Dr. Fate as an example, okay? What I hoped we were going to be getting from the Dr. Fate book was that this is the new Dr. Fate. And he's going to appear in other books. And he's going to be Dr. Fate now. Um this like uh this Muslim American character uh that we had never seen before. I'm blanking on his name right now. But um I think it's I think it's still Khalid, isn't it? Well he goes by Kent now. Oh, okay. Oh, well okay. I I just caught up on the book over the weekend. Sure. Okay. So so, like, that was what I was hoping we'd get out of these books, okay? They're going to be these new, fresh-feeling directions for these characters, and then it would ultimately inform a greater DC universe. Yeah. Look, look at Miss Marvel over at Marvel, Kamala Khan. When, when her book came out, okay, it was, was going to be this new hero, and for, I would say, six months... Within the books themselves, you almost couldn't get through like a week of reading Marvel comics without seeing her pop up somewhere. She had cameo in an Avengers book or two, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. She cameoed alongside Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And her book debuted. And it was a really good book. It was a huge success. And she was unavoidable. Whereas... If you avoid the Do- new if Dr. You avoid Dr. Fate, Fate, you'll never see. Him. Book, yeah. You'll never see Dr. Fate again or know that he's, you know, it feels like he has no consequence to the greater DCU at all. And and actually, thanks to Earth 2 and, you know, who knows, you, the Dr. Fate that you could be reading is someone completely different and you just assume that that's the Dr. Fate. Yeah. So, so if they wanted these books to succeed, I, I I, I think something I said in our text was, this sounds totally unlike me because I, I'm okay with a book like that on its own, existing on its own. But if they want them to be a financial success and they want these characters to feel like they matter, they have to show up in other books. They have to cross-pollinate. And I... <laughs> That was a big complaint of mine when the new when the new fifty two started was that oh my God, every book has a crossover with another book, you know and and they're not building stories on their own, but now I'm thinking if they're going to have these new directions be successful, they have to feel like they're actually part of yeah that doesn't that doesn't, so, that doesn't yeah. mean that that doesn't mean that every book needs to be serious, they... or every book needs to be light. It just means that this lighter character can come into a Justice League comic and play around for a little bit.
1: They've kind of over-course corrected.
2: Yes. I yeah. Think. Absolutely. You know, they
1: they've they've gone too far in the opposite direction. You know, like as much as I'm enjoying Justice League right now, like Dark Side War is probably just the best Justice League has been in a while, I kind of feel like maybe DCU would have been service better if that book had taken more of, like, a an approach how um, Wade's new Avenger book is going. You know, if we had had a new team that maybe had the new Dr. Fate on it or one of the other, you know, kind of mid-to-low-tier characters next to Gordon Batman and and t-shirt Superman, you know, right, like right. if you, if you had a justice league book that kind of more reflected, that was this more continuity driven thing that tied in that, that hit that fan group and also tied in those non continuity books, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that one day my tombstone will say he died as he lived defending zero hour. Um, <laughs> Because, to me, if you look at effective, like, relaunch-type things in DC history, Zero Hour, to me, is still the best one they ever did. And here's why. After Zero Hour, Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern. Jack Knight was Starman. um, Connor Hawk was Green Arrow. The Justice League... Had a lot of classic characters, but it had the young Green Lantern as part of it. They brought back the Justice Society. Some with classic characters, some with new characters. There was this great it- pollination of old and new rubbing up against each other. You know, In Starman, which is a very self-contained story, Superman shows up a couple of times. The Justice League shows up a couple of times. Uh, you're just able to... Introduce new characters with having the old ones. And like you said before, it wasn't that every book after Zero Hour had one tone. It didn't. But the new characters mattered. And it seemed like there was a a real desire on DC's part to make this new line work. Like, I didn't get the impression after Zero Hour that Hal Jordan was coming back to be Green Lantern anytime soon it was made very clear, Kyle is our Green Lantern, we're going forward with this. And I feel like even when you're reading the DCU books, because there is no consequence to them, if any of this stuff changed or went away, it wouldn't affect the grand universe at all. So yeah. I guess I do agree with Jim Lee. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe you guys disagree... But do you feel like there's a lack of a sense of urgency in the DC line right now? Or lack of... Yeah, I guess urgency is maybe a good word. Like, does that make sense? Yeah,
0: well, hey, I I mentioned before. I just just caught up with Dr. Fate this weekend. Mm -hmm. In Dr. Fate, there is an Egyptian god trying to drown New York City. Now, you would think that would get the attention of lots of heroes. <laughs> it doesn't. It's just fate. And because it's just fate, I feel that it you don't take the threat seriously. Mm-hmm. Like we're conditioned as comics readers to if something is really is happening that's really bad, more than one hero shows up for it. Mm-hmm. And so, in that sense, I think because the books are so fragmented, yeah, there is a sense, there is a lack of urgency
2: there. I think that's a good way to put it. But you know what? Like, I, I want creators to be able to make a Doctor Fate book and not have to shoehorn in other characters if they oh, don't sure. want to. Yeah, I, I want it to go the other way though. Like, I want Doc Fate to matter in other books. Right. Yeah. So if the waves of what's going on in Doc Fate spill over into other books, I think that would be. Pre- then I would agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think
1: there's a there's another thing later down in this interview that I think is really interesting, where um, one of I, I think it's Jim Lee compares. What they're seeing with DCU to um, the early Vertigo model, um, where collected edition sales are looking really good.
0: Well, they have no clue about that yet.
1: Well, he I mean, he, he says, I guess maybe it's on pre-orders. Well, no, you he's looking that. at back. He's looking at Batgirl and Gotham Academy, which okay. they do have. They yes, do have yes. stuff on because that because
0: they solicited. They're in the January solicits, but they hit stores in February. The yeah. first collected editions think, of DCU books.
1: I think they're talking about Batgirl and Gotham Academy, which have already had. Yes, uh, they've had volumes out, so I guess they're kind of applying, looking forward. I don't know. Maybe it won't turn out to be like that, but
0: I understand that point. I actually think that issue 12 is going to be the breaking point for a lot of these books because issue 9 will be the DCU... Like, So if Dr. Fate will hit number 9 in February when the first collected edition of Dr. Fate comes out. So they'll know yeah. by the time they have to solicit number 12 or 13 if that's going to be it. Yeah. I still don't think it's, it's the best model because they... I, I really do believe that books need more time than they're given, typically nowadays. But that's just the nostalgia in me, I'm sure too. You know, as we mentioned before, Azrael ran for a hundred issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy.
0: You know, yeah, nothing just... runs
2: for that now, right? Yeah. Well, can we get a know. little bit? Can we? Oh, uh, go ahead, Zach. Well, no, you you go ahead. You were going to say something. I was going to say, can can we get a little bit more specific about these books and and? Mm-hmm. And maybe some areas where they succeed and some areas where they fail. Sure. Well, specifically, like, to keep on going with with Dr. Fate, that was a book that looked really great on paper. And all the art and everything that came out looked really exciting. And um, I don't think it's a bad book, certainly. I I think it's a, a quality comic. But it's so slow-moving. Like, like yeah. it's very clearly a six-issue origin story, basically. And I don't think it's got time for that.
0: I, I, I hate to yeah. burst your bubble here. I think it's a 12-issue origin story.
2: Okay, sure.
0: Because I the, the issue eight solicit mentions the same storyline that's happening right now.
2: Okay, sure.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, even then, it definitely doesn't have time for that. You yeah. know, when... When most of these books were only guaranteed 12 issues to begin with, yeah, you know, y- you got to get out there and start telling stories.
2: So so I'm afraid that by the time issue 9, 10 comes out and it gets canceled, what you're left with is a probably 12-issue origin story that you can sell in the trade paperback and the character will be forgotten. And... And I see a lot of potential there. And because of the way it's decompressed, it's never going to live up to that.
0: Issue five was the first issue I had read that made me upset. There wasn't another issue to binge read right after it. You know, like when you're reading a good comic and it ends, you're like, I have to wait a month for this now. You know, the, uh, Dr. Fate number five was the first one I felt that about that book for, um, but I agree, and and it's still just, that was the first issue where he was doing stuff sort of with intention, like, I am going to be Dr. Fate. I am going to do this. Mm-hmm. That should have been there in the issue one. That needs to be there earlier. I am so sick of the reluctant hero story. <laughs> That's why Supergirl, the pilot, worked so well. Because she wasn't reluctant.
2: yeah. And I don't even I don't even mind like the hesitant hero, but like, but but yeah, in in this day and age, if if you want these books to not get canceled, they can't be waffling for for six issues about it, and then finally, finally on the month that their that their final issue hits, they decided that they're fit to be a superhero. You know, like yeah, yeah. Doc Doc Fate's last issue once it's canceled is literally going to be like. I guess I really was meant for this. I guess I really am a doctor. Fate,
0: <laughs> wink. Yeah, yeah again, big rubber
2: stamp that says canceled. Yeah. It's-
0: again, it's the Smallville problem. It's they're telling the story of how he becomes Doctor Fate instead of telling Doctor Fate stories.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, and I feel like we're harping on this book a lot. I actually
0: like it. I'm, yeah, I, know, I, actually- yeah, I, <laughs>
1: I do. Well, and, and I'm one I'm just like thinking about like why this one comes under the radar because it was the first one I thought about. Because you know, you think about some of the other books like Omega Men, which we love. It's off doing its own thing. You can't really expect that to intersect well, all that much.
2: I'll, uh, I'll I'll tell you why why I think of Doctor Fate because Omega Men, like that is that's an unlikely book, no matter what you do. Yeah. Like no matter what, that's a hard sell. Mm-hmm. The the closest thing that it has to a selling point to any average fan is that it's got Kyle Rayner in it, mm-hmm. and even then, like his role in that book to this point, um, is pretty much just that of a hook, I guess. Hey get, kids, remember you
0: know. your older brother's favorite Green Lantern? He's not <laughs> yeah.
2: really a Green Lantern anymore, but he's in this book, you know? <laughs> right, right. But it'll get it'll get some people to pick yeah. it up. You know, Me, but, yeah. But but Doc Fate showed so much promise. Yeah, we the three of us all flipped for that as soon as they showed it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it it showed so much promise that that that. It's not going to end up deliver it's, it, it's a good book, I think, but it's not going to end up delivering on any promise.
1: Well, you know, and it's like – it's funny because Lee mentions like the continuity-drivenness. Uh, you know, you have other books like Midnighter that I would say is relatively continuity-driven. Oh, yeah. You know, it spins yeah. out of Grayson and it, it – you know, it – It has that tie, and yet it still kind of is in the same boat. Martian Manhunter has the Justice League in it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think that, like, tying things to continuity is necessarily the fix either. There's something, some, like, hidden...
2: Is this just the state of things now? Maybe. I don't know. Like, is that, like... Like, okay, so... Let's not pretend that, like, I'm not going to pretend that Marvel has all the answers over there, okay? But they just relaunched, right? Think about how many books, and we say this every time they relaunch, how many books have Avengers or X-Men or some team name in the title? You know, yeah. how many books at, at, have team At least book? half. At least half, Yeah, it feels yeah. like.
0: And DC is canceling so, the second Justice League book.
2: Right. And, well... There's there's Brian Hitch's
0: That's the third in terms of numera- okay, okay, enumeration. Okay. Yeah.
2: Sure. Okay. So so, so and they're
0: casting the only one that is taking place in current continuity. I will say. And yeah, how, exactly.
2: how many? How many other DC comics? Don't don't even. Who cares what the name is? Who cares if Justice League's in the title or not? How many team books does DC have right now? Titans. Uh-huh.
0: Justice. There's three Justice League books, one Teen Titan book. Uh, we are Robin. I'd call it team books. That's four, five, six. I'd call it a Robin but, book, but.
1: It, and it's also you know it is a team book, but it's a team of characters that no one. Okay. Of they're all Robin, up, like they're blank <laughs> slates for all intents and purposes. To okay. so like the the you know. Fair what, enough. What I,
2: what the point that I'm trying to get to is. Maybe in this state of affairs, and like I said, let's not pretend Marvel has all the answers because they're constantly canceling and relaunching books too, you know. But everything is a team book over there. And at DC, if you want a character like Doc Fate to succeed, really, put him on a team that has other appealing characters. You know what I mean? But please not Teen Titans.
0: (laughs) Oh, please not, yeah.
2: Unless...
1: Just invent
2: More. some stupid team that does, you know, like.
1: You mean Justice League Dark?
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean that at least went for what thirty issues or something. I...
0: Something like no. So, maybe... At least it at least hit
2: twenty five. Yeah, I think it.
1: It went a while. Yeah. The point being yeah. is that, like,
2: like Doctor Fate and and all these oddball characters, these. New characters they're trying to establish in the universe—they're not going to be established.
1: What, what if he was supposed to be in Dark Universe?
2: Um, well, that's different. But the fact—the fact that they can't even I'm, get that. Book, oh, oh,
1: yeah, that's what I'm wondering. You know, what if? What if they did have these plans and? and oh they no! Step- way. To,
0: to me, Dark Universe was going to be, um, Zatanna, John Constantine. You know, the, 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 it was just leaked.
1: I wouldn't have been surprised if he made like a cameo, though. You know, a cameo, if, yeah,
0: maybe, yeah.
1: Or in like you know, showed up in an issue, kind of right. like in the same way that Miss Marvel, you know, she showed up in right. Spider-Man and Shield. Right. I mean, that would have been the perfect vehicle for that. I I forgot all about that book, or even Mystic You. Who knows what that book was even supposed yeah, who knows to be?
2: What that is exactly, yeah. But I mean, do, do you guys think there's any merit to this? Because, like, for example, I picked up New Avengers uh, this week, and it's got. It's got some of the young Avengers in it, like Wiccan. Yeah, it's got Squirrel Girl in it. <laughs> you know, it's, like I mean,
1: it's hitting a lot of different niches. You know, like yeah. I.
2: So do you think DC would be better off taking these like these like oddball new direction characters and sticking them on teams, I, weaving them into other people's books? I feel
1: like it definitely makes things feel more um important which is something i I think marvel is really good at even if a book you know sucks they can at least trick you into picking up the first few issues because it looks important or it has a character that you like in it
0: Yeah, yeah i i think there's a there's a fear on my part of just like I'm just looking over some of these books, right? If they put Doc Fate, Black Canary, Constantine, and maybe, you know, two or three other characters in a book, I don't think that book sells. But I think if there's a New Justice League team that has four or five established characters in it, And then two or three new ones in there. Well, then that's a totally different story. Exactly. You know, to have Dr. Fate show up in Batgirl, let's say, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, exactly. So what what makes DC different from Marvel in that people will buy a Marvel book with a team that makes zero sense... You know, and we well, and we don't get we don't get successful Justice League books over at DC. They haven't maybe, tried either. Maybe, well, right.
1: you know, maybe this is this is a problem that the New 52 has always had and I feel like it's maybe still like still rearing its head is that like Marvel's characters still have this history with each other you know, like they, there have been enough stories that even, like, the most tangentially connected characters have some kind of background. Well, that's like... Wh- whereas, uh, like, DC doesn't have that anymore.
0: Right. When I think of the, the Marvel Now relaunch, like, the flagship book was going to be Uncanny Avengers, right? That was supposed to be the linchpin. hmm In that issue... Thor and Captain America ask to have coffee with ha- with Havoc. Yeah. Because, like, they're characters that, even if they've never been on a team before, they know each other, and they're like, hey, let's have coffee. And that just shows that there's a level of familiarity there, and there's a level of comfort there. Look at the New 52. The first time Batman and Superman meet, Batman essentially threatens to kick his ass. I mean, Sir Superman threatens to kick yeah. his ass. You know, um...
1: Well, like, when when Squirrel Girl has, like, as much, like, background and depth of history as, like, one of the Robins does, you know, like, there's a problem there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, but the other, you know, I was thinking about this when you were just talking a second ago, Zach. We're talking about how we'd like to see Dr. Fate show up in Batgirl or Dr. Fate show up in a Justice League book. But I think we also on the same hand, we like you know, Vince said this before. He said, I, I wanna leave the creators of Doctor the, the creators working on Doctor Fate to tell the best story they can. So where's the line between letting the creators tell the best stories they can with their characters versus saying, You tell the best story you can but by the way, you're gonna need to get Black Canary in three issues here.
1: Well that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because we just said that, you know, we complained At the start of the new 52, when every character was crossing over and creators couldn't tell the stories they wanted. So maybe we're always just going to be dissatisfied
2: fans. (laughs) So, so my, here's the thing though I'm totally satisfied right now, like with all these DCU books. Mm -hmm. This is all so disappointing because I know they're all going to be canceled in like 12. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. Like guys like you and me we're fine with this, but ultimately it's about sales. so if they want sales they're they're going to have to compromise what we like i mean that's the that's art and commerce right there yeah. you know I never
0: thought I'd say this, but maybe the answer is another weekly series Ima- <sighs> you know, just imagine this okay imagine if the d c u books launched in June along with a new weekly series. And the weekly series connected the new characters to the old con to the older characters.
2: Yeah, you, know, you still like have a...
0: your own book that tells the Doctor Fate story, but he's also showing up in this weekly book alongside Superman.
1: Yeah, I mean, a, a new fifty-two.
0: Ha! <laughs> I see what you did there. Um. All right. Well, do, do you have anything else to say before we kind of shift gears here a little bit?
1: I, I'm predicting that um, whenever the the big shakeup happens, either around issue fifty or issue fifty-two, I'm predicting based on like the stuff that Lee is saying that we, the main Justice League book, gets a major uh, roster shakeup and we get some of these characters on Justice League.
2: I hope so. I think that's a great solution.
1: That's. Uh, even if it prediction. was just
2: a, even if it was just a secondary Justice League book.
1: See, I, I, I don't think DC can support multiple Justice League books. Uh, I don't know why, though. I don't, I don't,
0: I don't know, know why, why either.
1: Can't they? I do... think it needs to be the mainline one for it to stick, and then maybe if you know, if they can do it in the mainline
2: book, then can't they do like X Men Gold and Blue teams? Like the the Gold now, team has is... The gold team has Superman and The Flash and Martian Manhunter and the blue team has Batman and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman. That's the thing.
1: They need to make a Justice League book that feels like it's... Equal in stature to the to the one we have now, you know. Yeah. I don't feel like any of the secondary Justice League books. Yeah. Maybe Justice League of America when Johns wrote it, like that, because that was a companion book.
0: That was a book for five and a half minutes. Though. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. issue Was canceled.
1: Well, exactly. I know. Like they didn't. They didn't follow through with it. You know. You uh, the Bendis model.
2: I was you know, just gonna say if Brian Michael Bendis can have. Two crappy Iron Man books. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, I think that's the thing, like, you know,
1: as frustrating as that can get sometimes, I think that's maybe one of the reasons that Marvel, like, why their line is as healthy as it is, is because they have, like, mastered the technique of upselling you.
0: I mean, to be fair, there have been two X-Men books almost my entire life.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Every month. Justice League is just so big that it almost needs, like, nobody needs two concurrent Iron Man books that are telling the same story. But Justice League almost needs, like, two separate books that are telling stories in the same timeline, well, almost. You know? We're pretty much getting
1: that this month.
2: With uh, those, those one shots. Oh, with the, with the extra one shots, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, but but you know, on a more regular basis. Exactly. Like... Yeah, yeah, and I actually think that part of the
0: the first step in that happening is to get the Justice League out of this model of the fact that people still don't trust them. Like to me, that's the biggest. That's a huge obstacle too.
1: Mm-hmm, I, yeah.
0: I said this once years ago. Is that the new Fifty Two Justice League is trying to? Okay, so the Avengers was trying to be the Justice League. The New Fifty Two Justice League is trying to be the X Men. They're yeah. they're like these outlaws that aren't trusted and whatever. That doesn't work for the Justice League.
1: This is what do you guys think about this? I've been thinking about this for a while. Like I don't feel like Justice League I mean Justice League has been going for almost four years now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't more. really I don't really feel like the story has progressed all that much. Though the you know, as characters. Like you think about take another John's book. Say like say like Green Lantern or Flash, and in that same amount of time I feel like you had way more you know, either either through character or mythology things you had this like real sense of progression and I haven't really felt that in Justice League that much.
2: Yeah, no, no, that's because it's basically been six issue event after six issue event. Like yeah. in my mind. Like John's when- Johns is great at character stuff, but he's utilizing almost none of that yeah. in Justice League.
1: Well and when that book is kind of like the driving force of the the universe as a whole kind of you know it's i mean that's the the flagship book and it's not moving it kind of feels like the the universe is never going to like evolve past that you know where it was in the first issue where they're they are the X-Men you know they're hated and feared and until it can get until that book can get past that, then the whole rest of the line is kind of weighed down by that.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone is complaining about like the number of bat books that come out, like like once these all get cancelled, how many relaunches are gonna be Batman centric, you know? But the Bat books are but, working. But they're they, working yeah, they and are. they're doing the things that like it's Not only is it Batman, their most popular character. Like that's the reason why everyone says they sell. But you know what? All this stuff that we are talking about right now—that's not happening. It's happening. It's happening over in Batman. Like it is. It's working over there. Yeah.
1: There, there's growth. There's uh, the the illusion of progression. You know.
0: There's even some. They've even somehow managed to trick us into thinking there's history between these characters, even though we've seen very little of the history. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I hate to say it because I think it would really disrupt the bat line. I'd pull Mark Doyle off that and put him on the Justice League
2: books. Yeah, that would be something. Maybe that's the big shakeup that's coming.
1: I mean, he's earned it at this point. I think. Oh yeah, big time.
0: Absolutely. All right, so let's talk a little bit about since uh, we last did one of these chats, we've now seen the release of the three post-convergence DC titles, Superman, Lois and Clark, Titans Hunt, and Telos. We've also seen the solicitations for the first of the miniseries that are launching in January that bring back classic creators to the characters they created. So we see a Poison Ivy book, a Deadshot and Katana book, a Swamp Thing book, and a poison ivy book, solicited in January. Um, let's we'll get to the solicitations in a second. Have all three of us read the first issue of the three post-convergence books? I yes. haven't read Telos. I've read them all, Vince. Where, are you, where do you stand? Yes, I've I've read them all. Okay, just on. All right, so I I would say overall, none of us were super thrilled with the Convergence weekly book. But we were all kind of intrigued by what Convergence meant in terms of opening up the universe again to to more different types of books and books that were a little bit more continuity driven. Mm -hmm. So do we feel that these three books are on the right path for that or no?
1: Oh well, you know Superman, Lois, and and Superman, Lois and Clark. That's my pick for best new series this year.
0: Right? Yeah, we're, we're aware of your love of that book, Zach. Um, <laughs> no, I mean you definitely enjoy that book more than more than I did. But you don't. Think but that no, you don't think that's the model, no. do you? No, goodness, no. Okay.
2: Um, no, I don't think I don't think any of them. See. See, you you know what I wanted was that all these stories matter and every door is open, you know? And reading, now this is a small sample size, Mm -hmm. to be sure, but reading those, reading uh, Titans Hunt and uh, the Lois and Clark book, it's like, okay, the door is a crack open and, like, your foot is in it, but... Your other foot is still in the old, you know. They're trying to have it both ways.
0: I wouldn't even say the foot's in it. They put a pencil in the door to keep it from closing <laughs> all the way.
2: Okay.
0: Um, yeah, you know. All right, so let's let, let's go for the low-hanging fruit first. Telos is not going to be around very long. <laughs> I, I, Six issues. I'm going to give it uh, eight issues, but I, I'm with you on that. It's it's if it makes ten, I, I owe you each a steak dinner.
2: That's that's not happening. You're um, racking these up, by the way. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Then
1: it beats out OMAC and there's a problem.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, but that's not going to happen. Uh, Telos is a character I don't think anybody wanted to see more of. You know, um, to me, this is like. So, uh, this is, I guess, in the interest of full disclosure. We had like a 35 minute Star Wars chat <laughs> before we started recording tonight. This, to me, is like if after episode one, they were like, you know who really needs more time? Padme's uh, clone person. Like, Padme's, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, decoy person. Kira
2: Knightley? Yeah. Like, that (laughs)
0: character needs more time. Like, they're taking the part of the story that, really didn't matter in convergence <laughs> and giving us a lot more of it uh it just makes no sense to me but
2: uh, those trade federation goons oh yeah like, those let's guys hear more about them exactly
0: newt, the Newt gunray
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <any series laughs> uh,
1: that we've all been clamoring for
2: if you told me that telos's name was newt gunray i would accept i'd be like yeah <laughs> yeah sure of, of course. course it is of course it is why wouldn't it be um <laughs> But yeah, you know, it just seems
0: to me like they're missing the point of convergence, as as always, and also, you know, one of the things that I thought was halfway interesting about convergence was that it sort of positioned Brainiac differently, mm-hmm. and we weren't supposed to see Brainiac as this truly evil. There there was more nuance to Brainiac, right? And then Telos, number one, undoes that instantly. And it's just, nope, still a son of a bitch. You know, like, doesn't change anything. Uh, that was, you know, to me, that book just serves no purpose. And you got Carlos um, Pagawan away from Marvel to draw that book.
2: Yeah, and he's yeah. talented. He's good.
0: Yeah, he's real good.
1: Well, I'll say all three of the artists on these books are very talented. Yes. Um, And it's kind of being squandered, kind of very much being squandered. Yeah, yeah. like uh, who who is um, who's the artist on on Lewis and Clark? Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. He needs, and you know, but the thing he needs to be on a Superman book. His Superman is fantastic. Yeah, Um, like he's just perfect for that, and especially the Red Trunk Super. Like that's the book he needs to be drawing. Yeah, but but. But then also, who's the artist on Titans Hunt? I always I never pronounce his name correctly.
0: Yeah, I give me, I'm blanking, I give me more than that. It's like Sa- 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 Sak Oh, Palo Saquera? Sequeria?
1: Sequera. Okay. I think it's Saquara. Um, I could be wrong. He did that like fantastic um, story in the multiversity guidebook. Yes. Yes. With with the new, with the new gods and stuff mm-hmm. that was and and Kamandi and, and all of them like that was one of my that was like one of the biggest surprises coming out of that and I was so excited to see him do more and was excited that you know he immediately followed that up with Convergence and now he's following that up with Titan's Hunt yeah and I want to you know he's like he's a big asset for DC I feel like all of these artists are yeah. and. It's just, yeah, I'd love to see them on higher profile things.
0: Let's shift over to Titans hunt for a second. Um, I was cautiously optimistic about this book and I just felt, and I, and I like Dan Abnett as a writer. I just felt this was a lazy, lazy book. I felt it, it did nothing to pique my interest it did a bunch of things that I wish it would never do. I, I am so sick of comics using addiction as only a cautionary tale, and having people fall off the wagon all the time. That To me, that is such lazy storytelling, and having Roy Harper get drunk in the issue seems to undo the last couple of years of trying to get him away from just being an addict. Bringing him back to that is, is incredibly lazy. And the thing I still don't understand is why they feel the need to bring in some of those auxiliary characters. Who was clamoring for those people to show up in the book?
2: You mean like... You mean Cave Boy? I mean Cave Boy, <laughs> yeah.
0: Who was never called that, by the way. Clark <laughs> is what he was known as. Is it Clark? Okay. No, it's uh... a... Yeah, hang, on. hang on one oh. second, guys. I gotta get my book from across the room.
2: Okay, but if it felt like there was any history, like, I feel like there's room for those characters if they make an honest attempt to establish, to reestablish those characters again.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny, because, like, Convergence hinged on nostalgia, and Titans Hunt and, and Lois and Clark are also hinging on nostalgia but they're doing it in really weird ways.
0: Look, they're bringing back Harold. Nobody gives a shit about Harold. <laughs> Nobody. You know, um, I, I I don't see people being like, you know what character really hasn't been used well lately? You know who I've just been looking in book after book for, and I just can't find anything. You know who's who's... Who's truly the forgotten hero of the DC universe? You know who that is. That is Gnark. <laughs> Nobody says well, that. I mean, you
1: know, he when they make a Teen Titans movie in 2022, and they need that breakout character to uh, you know catch all catch everyone's attention.
0: Hey, remember Lilith Clay? Him. No one has ever said, it. "Hey, remember Lilith Clay." That's a conversation that's never happened in the history of the world. Oh God, there have been so many great titans.
1: Did you say Lilith Crane?
0: No, (laughs) no, we're not talking about Fraser here. Come on,
2: (laughs) tune in Sundays for Fraser Cast,
0: our other show.
2: (laughs) Toss salads and scrambled, eh? There you go again. It's called Hello. I'm listening. <laughs> Sorry, guess this is the most bizarre thing Yeah, PC <laughs> three has ever It is.
0: Um no, okay, so it just <laughs> Allow me to, to geek out for two seconds here. So one of the many problems with this is that they're asking us to have our cake and eat it too. They're asking us to look at the Titans lineup that they're presenting Aqualad, Robin, Wonder Girl, and Speedy. I'm not counting the other ones. Fuck them. Uh, they're asking them. They're asking <laughs> us to consider them detached from their legacies. They're right. really, and and that's a problem. Number one. Number two. They're asking us to consider them from the new, from pre-new fifty-two, but are only presenting them in their new fifty-two versions, slightly backwards tweaked. Like for instance. I don't think in the New 52, Arsenal was ever called Speedy. I don't think that ever happened. And yet here, he responds to the name Speedy kind of in a like, huh kind of way. You know, we've never seen Donna Troy wear the her classic costume, but there it is in the cover. You know, Aqualad, to try and shoehorn Aqualad into the New 52 is almost impossible. Almost impossible. So they want us to be nostalgic, but they're not giving us the tools of nostalgia to use here even something as as stupid and comic viney as talking about Robin's costume you went there. yeah I went there um like to talk oh. talk about Robin's oh. costume like again if we're supposed to be nostalgic then give us what we're nostalgic for you know this is like saying hey kids Remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Well, they're lizards now. Like it doesn't—it doesn't matter. It doesn't work at all. And uh, I just don't understand the point of this. Like I am the target audience for this. They wrote this book with me in mind, and I could not give less of a fuck about reading number two.
2: Well, that's ex- see, that's exactly what I was talking about when they said they have like one foot or one toe. In back in the past, you know, mm-hmm. like, like. What I want and what I think everyone would – what I think people would step up and pay money for are like lost stories from, from those previous eras. You know, like new 52 versions of the characters be damned. Right. Or, or like an ongoing yeah. series that continues – like let's pretend that new Teen Titans never came to an end. You know? Right. Like, and everyone knows going. Custer died a little bit you
0: born. Know? What this book presupposes <laughs> is maybe he didn't. You know, like that. I, I'm, you know, I'm totally in. Like,
2: like, like the Convergence uh, one shots or two shots, I guess, except ongoing series or mini series. Like, let's tell another arc and let's not worry mm-hmm. about like, like Convergence's. If Convergence had a problem, and I thought that that was a really fun event, you know? Mm-hmm. But if there was a problem, it was that every one of these two-issue minis seem to feel like they needed to come to conclusions and things, you know? Like, and they all let's had just yeah. tell it. But where the let's wall just, came down and all that, yeah. Yeah, let's just tell an, an arc, uh, a new Teen Titans arc that we'd never seen before, as if it happened immediately after that run, you know? Well,
1: you, you know, what I think is maybe most frustrating about Titans Hunt is that they They feel like they need to have a story telling how these the these original titans come into play when that's what convergence was, like we already had that story you know yeah. it it set the groundwork for this, and we don't need a twelve issue story realigning the old titans with the new fifty two characters because like convergence made it like, you know, like the door was open and and, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, It's kind of a similar problem to what I was talking about with Dr. Fate. Like by the time Titans hunt gets to 12 issues and ends, I, I bet whatever happened will be really inconsequential and it won't even matter going forward. Like, like, it's not going to You know what I'm saying? Like like literally the only thing I can see Cap coming out
0: of this is Aqualad back. Sure. Well, but isn't, we're not going to not gonna back get a new and... Go ahead, Zach. Oh, I thought
1: isn't Garthman showing up in Aquaman?
2: Has he? Maybe.
1: I, I don't thought know. I saw that I know he like got name dropped a while back ago and I, I... I Want to say he's been showing up in Buns Run, but I could be way off. I just thought I saw him in like a preview.
0: It could
2: be, it could be happening, but yeah. I mean, my my point ahead. is, we're not going to get to the end of this, and we're not going to have like a new Teen Titans book spinning out of it that we'll have to look forward to. You know, the door will close on it, and and just like Doctor Fate, once it's canceled, I'm afraid it's going to any progress that might be made is going to be forgotten about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think all three of us can agree that the best of the bunch was a Superman, Lois and Clark. And to me, calling it the best of the bunch has a gigantic asterisk next to it. Um, because of one very specific thing, but Zach, you're, you're, you're a resident Superman, man. What did you think of that? <laughs> Of Lois and Clark? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You
1: know, I enjoyed... I did enjoy the first issue a lot more... A a lot, dot, 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 more than you guys did. (laughs) I... I I don't know. I mean, of, of course, like, part of me is just, you know, so happy to be reading about that superman again even if it's way different you know it's in the new 52 he's wearing the, the tony Daniel suit he you know but i'm i'm interested in that at least like i you know i am after reading that issue like you know i am interested to see like what happens with the with Hank Henshaw. I'm interested to see how this Superman reacts to the New 52. Cause almost in a way to me it's like inserting there's something about inserting a pre-New 52 character into the New 52 and seeing him react that like just mirrors how I feel like I reacted to the new fifty two so much you know so often. You know. And it's not, like, so spot on because I'm not going to, like... I, uh, the diet, the the level on which the issue is written is not, you know, that, that deep. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something satisfying about the book. I don't know what it is. I can't really explain it. I think it's just, like, one of those things. It's one of those things where the book is written for someone like me, like T- Titan's Hunt is written to you, Brian. Mm-hmm. But it just came a little closer to the mark, I think. It hit the target a little bit closer.
0: I have one big problem with it, and I can't see either of you guys what dis- is disagreeing with this necessarily. Uh, maybe you don't agree with it to the extent that I agree with it, but I could... Anyway. I can't imagine a Superman, especially not our Superman, the pre-New 52 Superman, standing by and deciding that his own personal safety and the safety of his family is more important than the, than all of humanity.
1: Well, see, I didn't I didn't you mentioned that before and I I didn't see it that way because like I was still under the impression that he was still like doing things and saving people just stealthier. You know, like he he stops that Tsunami or what, whatever it was, right, by right. digging that trench. You but, know, I was still under the impression that he's still superheroing. Just
0: see, to me, he's not as openly. To me, he is the version of Superman that the Kevin Costner, Jonathan Kent, wanted to make, where like he's a superhero totally in secret, and if there's an event that's going to happen, it's going to expose him. Well then, he's not going to do that. I mean, so much so that he's walking on eggshells around his dumbass teenage son. You know, like it, it. It to him, his son finding out who he is is the worst thing possible, and that just isn't Superman to me.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think I really have an argument against that. Other than maybe it just it didn't bother me quite on the same level i guess i I guess
0: it's still the best of the three
1: i guess i can yeah i guess i can just excuse it a little bit more maybe i don't know i also the other thing i did like is i you know of all the books other i feel like may it it didn't um follow up it wasn't as continuity driven as telos was from like from what i've gathered from you guys following up with like brainiac and stuff but it did go back and follow up on the crisis on infinite earth stuff and put a cap on that which i enjoyed and hope maybe that we get more of that somewhere like i want to see what happened to parallax hal jordan and and you know the the pre crisis Barry. you know yeah, like i i agree with that i part was glad to see that those see that those threads carried and you know maybe they'll get picked up again later
0: but again it was just weird to me that like So there's, and again, I know this is comic books. I know that. (laughs) I just want to reiterate that, Uh, you know, so there's flashpoint happens and that Superman and Lois keep living their life for, you know, let's say four or five years, like the length of the new 52, then convergence happens and they're sent then after that back in time, another like nine years to get back to the start of the new 52 and you know it just that was a little bit tricky but again just keep coming back to this when superman is sent back there and he sees dark side coming that he doesn't do anything he's waiting to do something that's just not superman you know and the thing that really crystallized in my mind more than that is when Dick Grayson was killed on television because you know the relationship that that new yeah. that, that pre-flash uh, you know, that I Superman guess... had with <laughs> Dick Grayson. Like can you imagine him being like, "Oh, bummer."
1: That's that's way more problematic. You know, I hadn't really thought about it. I hadn't really considered like all the what that meant, like what all he would have been there for. And I mean, that's, you know, that's the problem with any kind of like retroactive continuity. You're going to have problems like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. You know that doesn't excuse the. You know uh, Jurgens for. You know not considering that that is. You know that could be seen as a a pretty major character plot plot hole. You know,
2: yeah. Vince. Any thoughts on the Superman book? Uh, no, I think you guys covered everything I'd want to say. Unless maybe we're now existing in an
1: alternate timeline that has changed because Clark was there. Maybe Forever Evil didn't actually happen.
0: It was referenced like last week.
1: <laughs> it um, was re- maybe 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 it's like Blackest Night where it happened, but not the way we saw it.
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: really grasping for straws right now. Yeah.
0: Um, our, okay, real quickly, we, we briefly spoke about them before. But now that they've been solicited, do any of the uh, miniseries coming out in January interest you guys more than just a passing <sighs> interest?
1: No, not one. No, I don't know
2: Swamp Thing. I I'll probably give that a look. Same. Yeah, same. I'll probably look, I'll probably check them all out. But mm-hmm. yeah,
1: Poison Ivy too. Uh, Suicide Squad. We, we like. We don't even. The main Suicide Squad book isn't even working that well, so it, it it's clearly like you know cashing in on the the movie. Yeah, but who who? What's the team on that one? I am
0: blanking on that. Um I don't have it pulled up offhand. Um it's Mike Barr, I believe, but I want to say he's that's maybe right co-writing that's it right. with Brian Buccelletto.
1: That's right, yeah, because I think originally they announced that as just a Katana book, but now it's kind of morphed into this Suicide Squad thing. Yeah. That's right. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'll give Swamp Thing a definite try. I'll probably glance at the other ones just to see, but none of it is necessarily all that appealing to me. Because, again, it just feels like... (laughs) It feels very odd to me to bring the creators in to work on a character that really only a name is their creation. Because all the history they put into that character is gone. So you're you're having Len Wein write a book that is not at all the Swamp Thing he wrote.
1: Well, and that's what's so surprising, because, you know, that... That's kind of what we thought was going to happen after Convergence, maybe, is that some of these writers we get to come back and tell more stories with their but with their versions versions, yeah 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 yeah. but it's it's not
0: that or at least it doesn't seem like it's gonna be that len ween is a really interesting case because he created swamp thing but the only swamp thing that ever gets referenced is the alan moore version which undoes almost all (laughs) of what len ween's version did So it's weird, it's really weird to have him come back to this because like over the last couple of years, you know, Snyder undid almost all the Alan Moore stuff in his run, but then Charles Soule put in a ton more Alan Moore stuff. And so (laughs) it's just like he's coming into this weird version of his character that has been so changed and, you know... As, to me, if Len Ween's gonna write a, a Swamp Thing book, set it in the old continuity. Let me enjoy a Len Ween co- Swamp Thing story. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. That, that's which my, I that's... will say, like the
1: the 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 Convergence Swamp Thing book. Like, yeah, it was the it was the Allen Moore Swamp Thing, but it didn't really feel that much like an Allen Moore Swamp Thing story. It no, felt, felt just like you know a classic. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like a Lin-Ween story. And so maybe we'll get that with this. Maybe this will be a Lin-Ween Swamp Thing story told with the new 52 Swamp Thing, which I think would be interesting.
0: If You know, possible. it's
1: probably just going to be a It's probably just going to be a good, you know, like pretty by the book monster story. Yeah. But it, you know, it could be enjoyable.
0: I don't know, and this is no offense to any of the creators. Told here, I don't know why they have to take half a year, though. Like these are all six issue miniseries.
2: Well, or so they can what put if... them in a uh, collected edition. Well, that's exactly that's... why. Yeah.
1: So why don't they just go? Why aren't these original graphic novels?
0: that's an excellent point. Yeah. That's, that's an excellent that's point. point. And you
1: know, I was kind of I was kind of thinking about that earlier too like with, you know, we were talking about Dr. Fate and how you only have so much time to get the story out there. You know, what if rather than having a you know, I'm jumping back, but rather than having a six issue like protracted origin story, what if you just put out a graphic novel that introduced a character and gave their origin and then spinning out of that, you, you know, then you move into like the ongoing series if that is received well. And like, I don't know how much more like resources go into making a graphic novel and the, on the publishing side of that, I'm sure there's reasons why they don't do that, but
2: swamp thing earth one. Yeah. You know, like why, like, why I don't know is it because is it because this book is going to quote unquote matter in the new 52 maybe There's no way but...
0: that book matters
2: right no I mean in pra- in, pra- in practical terms no
0: just the fact that it's but... a mini to me the biggest arbiter of what matters or not matters in DC is if it's a mini series or if it's an ongoing. Like they they were yeah. willing mm-hmm. to make us think that doomed mattered because they called it an ongoing. <laughs> if they called that a miniseries in the beginning, nobody would have bought that book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you think they gain that much more that much more by selling a six issue miniseries in singles and then collecting it than they would by just going straight to?
0: An OGN? The reason I think they do is because they can sell ad space in the single issues. Okay. Again, that is not a very pleasing reason for it to be, but I think it's probably true. That's Yeah, you're probably right. Hmm. Well, while we ponder this thought, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey kids, do you like comics? Do you like in-depth interviews with your favorite creators and interesting discussion about the medium? Do you enjoy different accents? Then chances are you're really going to like Orbital in Conversation. It's the podcast of Orbital Comics in Central London, where we bring you the best and the brightest in comics, and we do it all with a bit of fun, a bit of style, and a bit of panache. You can find us here on the Multiversity Comics Network every week. A big thanks to Eddie Argos and Art Brute for the use of their track "DC Comics and Chocolate Milkshake" as our theme music. Make sure to check out at Eddie Argos on Twitter for all sorts of information about the wonderful musician and rock tour that is Mr. Argos. I'm She's a girl that likes comics! She probably gets a lot! Okay, welcome back everybody. So, uh, one of my duties in Multiversity is I handle the soliciting Multiversity for DC every month. So I look at what's coming out in, for this month, January, and I talk about it a little bit. What's new, what's exciting, what's ending, etc. Uh, January has the perplexing variant of adult coloring books. Why they can't just call them coloring books? I don't understand. <laughs> but that's... So, yeah. it sounds like they're going to be dirty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, they're not. I've seen them, trust me. Um, anyway. They can be if
2: you color the right things. That and... is true. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. <laughs> so, Everything um... is just ta- peach colored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I, I'm biting my tongue so hard right now. Gonna bite, I'm going to bite right through it. Um, so what's interesting is that all of DC's ongoings, save for 15, are solicited as having a variant cover. Um, what's interesting to me is what 15 books were chosen. Now, I, you know, I'm always trying to read the tea leaves here and see what books are going to be canceled soon. Because I just that sort of industry stuff interests me. So of the books, 12 of them are going to come as no surprise to you guys. Now, I'm not saying these are good books or bad books, but I think when I say these 12 to you, you're not going to be surprised that they're on the bubble of cancellation. You guys ready for them? Uh Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Black Canary, Constantine the Hellblazer, Dr. Fate, Earth 2 Society, Justice League 2001, Midnighter, The Omega Men, New Suicide Squad, Secret Six, Telos, Batman Beyond, and Gotham Academy. I -hmm. mean, some of those, like New Suicide Squad, they should keep, because there's going to be a Suicide Squad movie in less than a year.
1: Yeah. So they should keep Well, they'll probably relaunch it, though. They'll probably relaunch it. Absolutely. Yes. And Um, and, uh, Gotham Academy has at least got four issues. Yes, it does. but that would because put, I think they said that
0: was going to be a four-issue arc. Yes, it is. That would put them at yeah. issue 18, but that would put Dr. Fate at issue 12. So that seems okay. like a, yeah. a, a pretty convenient cancellation point, right? And, agreed. And agreed. 18 is three trades.
1: Yep. So, Ooh, it's right there. There it is. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, the three that are not getting variants that make no sense to me are Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Batgirl. Oh, I know where you're going. Is there any way that those three books get canceled and rolled into a Gotham Sirens book or a or a birds of prey book?
1: I would love that. (laughs) That would be great. I don't see I don't see any way that they mess with Harley Quinn though. Because that's like one of their top selling books. That's
0: the only reason I'm not Totally convinced of this. Because Catwoman has has had creative shifts a lot. And Batgirl, I think, is going to be the scapegoat for the failure of DCU. That, hey, we tried to make this work in the Batgirl model. But that model doesn't work. So fuck it. It's gone. I really could see somebody uh, saying that. It's
1: uh, dumb.
2: But I could see that.
1: I could see it too. Yeah.
2: Uh, You know how much goodwill they would lose? Like. Think about it. Like, even if they canceled every non-Batgirl book mm-hmm. in the DC Universe
0: that, would be the one that, that
2: followed thing. that same model, yeah. as long as they kept Batgirl, they would still have some goodwill, I think. Yeah. But again, if they canceled- Canary,
0: Batgirl, Catwoman, Harley Quinn in a book, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, but they should be able to... They could have a Batgirl book and a Birds of Prey slash Gotham City Sirens type. They could have both. There's no excuse. When they're publishing a six-issue Swamp Thing semi-out-of-continuity thing, they can have – you know what I'm saying? Are you telling me
0: that Birds of Prey is just as important as a – Harley Quinn, Power Girl team up that took place, but be- it was six issues that took place between panels of another issue. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> just making sure I'm following you here, Vince.
2: Yeah. Like if if they don't think that that there's enough room for both of those books, they deserve to lose all that goodwill.
0: Well, see, here's the thing. So this this would position, um, like April or May, to be the big. Transition points. Now, Batman and Robin Eternal is ending then. Mm-hmm. That is also when Greg Capula was walking away from Batman for a while. And pres- presumably when
1: Dark Side War is going to wrap up.
0: Yes. And I would also think that this is probably the end of both Gordon as Batman and T-Shirt Superman. So yeah. I I wouldn't be all that surprised if Batgirl were to end and be relaunched as a book called something like Batgirl of Burnside, you know what I'm saying? Just that to have it just right. more branded in the way, which they I want.
2: think they should have done in the first place. Yes, they should
0: have, but that's a whole other yeah. Because uh, I I can't imagine if you're the type of comic fan who who only who doesn't go on the internet and who just gets their books like. They subscribe via the mail. And so one month you're reading the Gail Simone Batgirl, and the next month you get that. <laughs> like, that's a crazy, crazy shift. Right. Um, but I do think that those 15 books I mentioned, if 10 of those are canceled, I'm not surprised. If 12 of those are canceled, I'm not surprised. If 14 of those are canceled, no, 13. I think I'd be legitimately shocked at Batgirl, and especially Harley Quinn.
1: Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I mean, I, I could see Batgirl getting
0: relaunched. I I don't see them touching Harley Quinn at the, all. The, I mean, you, I,
1: guess, I guess they could get it relaunched, too, yeah. but I don't know. Well, here's no. my
0: question, then, okay? Harley Quinn is this huge selling book for them. Variant covers make a lot of money for the publishers, supposedly. If that's the case, why wouldn't you give such a hot book a variant?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know. Why wouldn't you do it even if they're getting canceled? That's
0: well, yeah. I would, yeah that I guess. I guess the issue there is you only want to print variants that are going to sell. Yeah, and you know, if no one's buying Black Canary. Well, then no one's gonna buy an eight ninety nine or eleven dollar whatever your store marks
2: up the variant to, you know. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, let me let me let me put this out there. Is there any chance that DC thinks Harley Quinn will sell like hotcakes no matter what? They cancel the Harley Quinn book they've got, and they relaunch one that is much more tonally in line with. The Suicide Squad. That that could certainly be there. I would. Oh, <laughs> sorry was... to make you choke on your vomit. There. I'm, I'm calling. It, I'm
0: calling it now. They're both canceled. Relaunched the next month as Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> All right. Now we've been. Damn Brian. Seeing... <laughs> sorry. We've been saving the best for last year. and and this is something that Zach and
1: this I. This truly.
2: <laughs> this is this is going to be like. Are you guys familiar with uh, Carl Pilkington and and yes, Ricky Gervais? This is going to be you guys are like, Ricky Gervais and, and Stephen Merchant, Stephen Merchant, and I'm going to be Carl Pilkington because I have no idea what's coming. <laughs> yeah, this is
0: Zach and I did not plan this, but we have a treat in store for Vince. So Vince, you're aware of a movie coming out called Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice? Sorry, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Correct? Yes. Okay. You're familiar with Ben Affleck, who is playing Batman in this film.
2: I've I've seen his uh, genitalia, so oh, okay, yeah, I'm very familiar. <laughs> so
0: you you watched Gone Girl a couple times in slow mo yeah. as well. Okay, cool. Well,
2: that's also the way that Kevin Smith uh, relates to. To ben Affleck, if you've heard him talk in interviews, that about is it. true. That is
0: true. All right. Uh, so there's a rumor, and it was started uh, at a site. Oh, I forgot to write down the name of it now. Um, I don't want to give them any press, so I'm not going to say <laughs> it. But I read it <laughs> recapped at Io9, um, and Io9 did a really nice. <laughs> job. Same here. Yeah, Io9 did a really nice job of. Stream, I clicked through to the original article. The original article reads like the Unabombers Manifesto. It's long, it's (laughs) dense, it's disturbing. So let me just boil this down for you, Vince, and I'm going to go beat by beat here, okay? All right. (laughs) So the crux of this is that Ben Affleck is not playing Batman. That ben Affleck is playing Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, who is pretending to be Batman. Now, this is where it starts. Yeah. Okay, now. Now, let me give you the, the, the rock-solid reasoning for this, okay? In 2005, in the Outsiders comic... Slade Wilson masqueraded as Batman. Okay, now the costume that the costume that he wore in that outsiders book is relatively similar to the Ben Affleck bat costume. Okay, now you might think, okay, I believe that with eighty percent certainty, but let's bump it up twenty percent here, okay? In the trailer to Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, Batman says, "Do you bleed?" To Superman, as you know, as an avid gamer in Injustice: Gods Among Us, Deathstroke's catchphrase is, "I will make you bleed." Okay. So you're you're getting closer. You're at like ninety percent now, but this is gonna bump it up. Deathstroke also has a butler in the comics. (laughs) Okay. So, you're you're on board with that. I I, I can hear it in your voice. You're on board with that. Now... Uh, I'm
2: going to say that's all true. Okay. Sorry. By the way, Total Spoilers is the name of the website. Total Spoilers. So... They're spoiling Batman v Superman yes, for me. Yes,
0: so you're probably thinking, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I get it. But what happened to Bruce Wayne? Where is Bruce Wayne? Well, here's the thing. This is actually a sequel to the Nolan trilogy. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. You remember at the end of the Nolan trilogy how there's a character who was played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt? He's a Blake. real hothead. Yeah, yeah, John Blake. Uh, Robin is really Robin John Blake. Well, let's just assume that some shit gets fucked up for John Blake, alright? And he winds up getting shot a bunch. And he. I'm sorry, before that, he takes up the. He decides to, instead of coming up with a code name, to just run around town as a superhero using his first name. So he's Robin. And he's not Robin because he's a bird. He's Robin because that's like me being Brian. You know? <laughs> so Robin runs around, gets shot up a bunch. Okay? That would probably mess with you a little bit, wouldn't it? Sure. Yeah, You know, you wouldn't be the same guy, you know? Vince, superhero, would, would be very different than Vince, you know, shot up former superhero. So, of course, what happens is that, you know, if you look at the Robin suit from the Batman v Superman sh- Comic-Con trailer, there's there's bullet holes in it. And the bullet holes happen to match similar wounds on the Joker's body from the Joker teaser image. So obviously Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Robin becomes uh Jared Leto's Joker.
2: Yeah, okay. That just makes That, sense. that I've heard before, yeah. Yeah, that just makes
0: sense, right? Now, I know you're thinking this doesn't make any sense.
2: No, I actually think this is perfect.
0: But here's the part that really seals it for me. Can you just repeat back to me the name of
2: the film? Batman versus Superman. No, no,
0: that's not the name. Sorry. Say it, please. BVS? No, Batman v. Superman. Oh, Batman
2: v. Superman. Yes. Do you know why it's V?
0: Justice. Do you know why it's V instead of versus?
2: Um uh, Batman violates Superman. No, no. no. Because no?
0: if you count Man of Steel, this is the fifth movie in the Nolan verse, and the Roman numeral for five is V. My God. Uh, so Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight like, Rises, Man of Steel, Batman v Batman, Five Superman.
1: <laughs> okay, but you you left out some of the most important evidence. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. For why, I'm for sorry. why, Joseph Gordon, for why John Blake is actually the Joker. Okay. It's it's because if you take the first two letters of his first name and the last two letters of his last name, it's joke. it spells joke. <laughs> and also there are question marks painted on some of the the walls in the trailer and they they don't they don't hint at the riddler like you might think they're they're actually what was it oh man what what did they say they're i think they're hinting at the mysteries that that
2: Zack Snyder has, has woven into this. <sighs> That's um, this guy doesn't really believe this though, does he? He like, does. Okay, I, you're least... sure this isn't just like oh crazy? Look at this crazy connection I found, but I, I don't really impression...
0: believe. I got the impression this guy is is drinking his own Kool Aid here. How disappointed he is he like, going to be?
1: Like a forty-page document. Maybe
0: it's not that long, but it's thousands of words.
1: The the research has
0: been
2: done; (laughs) it's documented. Well, that's um. So, so are we gonna are we like attempting to debunk this here? What do you want? What do you want from me?
0: No, I mean I I don't don't think
2: we can. (laughs) It's Airtight. This is the loose change of,
0: of Batman v Superman theories. Now that this
1: guy is, Uh... can we get him on force to unlock that that mystery box? Because
2: so so when when Joe Public, who's never read a comic in his life but loves the Batman movies, goes and watches this at the theater, and three quarters of the way through the movie deathstroke reveals himself to have been disguised as batman the entire time and these people have no idea who deathstroke is or why they or have no idea why they should care like what happens then (laughs) what happens to the slate of movies that's supposed to be becoming that's supposed to come beyond batman v superman with well, ben obviously Batman
0: six Superman is gonna come next. They're
1: they're gonna be just floored by the audacity and just the brilliance. <laughs> this, so, this so brilliant in that, turnaround solo
2: movie, he's actually going to be Slade Wilson. Yes. Millionaire, Bon Vivant.
0: Yeah. To me, like the most I don't want to say a the ballsiest point of all this is like, alright, if you saw Batman in the Batsuit, and you were like, I there's a chance that Bruce Wayne's not in that bat suit. I totally understand that. There have been countless times in comics where people have put on Batman's cowl. We've seen Ben Affleck here. And if it's going to be as true to the comics, specifically the outsiders ouvre as this person thinks wouldn't Slade Wilson have an eye patch <laughs> and gray hair and a goatee
1: well maybe maybe they're also tying in the Tony Daniel run oh, and that he is, is, is true. just he's recently
0: healed. he's been healed and aged you're right oh yeah. you you better That's how that's how we that's how
1: actually find out that's how we actually find out he is deathstroke because he cuts out his own eye and then turns to the camera and says I'm Deathstroke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he cuts out his own eye and then winks with the open uh, <laughs> eye socket. That's
1: perverse. Oh, oh, oh! And also, also, um, what is the, the what's the actress's name who's
0: supposed Jenna Malone? Yes, she's she. The rumor is she's going to be Batgirl or Carrie Kelly or somebody else. But she's actually
2: Rose Wilson.
0: Yeah, I forgot that part. Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, she's playing she's, Rose Wilson. She's she's Slade's daughter. Is what yes, you're saying? Yeah. Oh my yes. god.
0: He to be fair, he it doesn't, all
2: adds.
0: Yeah, he doesn't go into the fact that I mean I, I think it's it's pretty much common knowledge at this point, but that uh, Henry Cavill is actually playing Jericho, <laughs> and you yes. know. It's just been a long con. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, and then Jericho like projected his soul into the body of a Kryptonian. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. This is what the question mark was. The question mark, the question mark in question is on a pillar in one of the trailers, and it's actually referencing the question mark that's on the cover of the Outsiders issue, in which Batman, in which Deathstroke is impersonating Batman. So yeah. it's it's just it's just imagery, symbolism.
2: Yeah. So so this entire like billion dollar endeavor of movies are not even going to contain the characters of Batman and Superman in earnest.
0: I mean, Superman, maybe. I was just—I I thought just he's guessing, Jericho. Now I was just guessing the Jericho thing. Okay, that's there. There's there hasn't been the kind of. Uh, Research usually reserved for a doctoral dissertation. For this, that you know, <laughs> I'm I'm just spitballing here, but I think that you know everything else, more or less, is uh is right there. And by the way, I I do think that this is only fair. That uh, I mean, America has been clamoring for a Judd winnick story to be adapted to the screen for yeah. a long time. So. Yeah. You know. I'm I
1: I'm gonna suggest that we all go out and buy up as many copies of Outsiders <laughs> Number Twenty Two <laughs> that we can right now because you know this time the next year market. those things are yeah. gonna be
0: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna spend like a thousand dollars on as many copies as I can and I'll turn that into my daughter's <laughs> college
2: fund yeah yeah that's sure I'm stunned yeah. that's uh.
0: I mean, to be fair, nobody thought that we needed to connect the Nolan-verse with the pre-New 52 universe with (laughs) Injustice Gods Among Us. But clearly we did. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the first guy to put peanut butter and jelly together. You know, it's like, why did it take us this long?
2: Oh, man. Yeah. So... How come we haven't seen? Have have we seen like anything of Jenna Malone in this movie? No, because she had. We
0: would know because she'd have white hair and an eye patch. Who she would be playing?
2: <laughs> yeah, oh my I, god! I can't let us see. get
0: your fucking head out of your ass, Vince.
1: <laughs> You're right. Oh. <laughs>
0: This is, uh, this is the best, uh, this, is, uh, this is my yeah, favorite thing. No, yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I had an idea, and I was going to talk to the boys about this after we got off recording tonight, but I think for next month, my idea was uh, to get bring on a couple of retailers and talk to them about... Sort of DC, and not only just the sales, but sort of what their customers think of DC right now. Do you guys think that's a good idea?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you can swing it. Yeah, I have a couple of contacts I could probably make happen.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. So next next month, just in time for Christmas, we can do a retailer chat. So you get everything rolling for that. But until then, you can find us all at multiversitycomics.com. You can find us all individually on Twitter. I am at Brian Zanap.
2: I am at VJ underscore O S T R O W S K I, and I'm at SirFox Eight
0: Nine. And uh, you know, by the time this next installment comes out, hopefully we can all you know, we can count in the dozens the number of Outsiders Number 22s we have <laughs> collected among the three of us.
2: The next time you hear me you on guys, this podcast, I'm going to be full tinfoil hat like believer <laughs> of this.
0: You aren't already?
2: No, no, but but convince me.
1: Go go read the rest of the manifesto, and you okay? You you'll be in.
2: I will.
0: Yeah. Well, until next time, um, I will make you bleed. I guess I'm just developing late I never got over that sweet sweet